0: Um, All right, well, we're continuing on with our love is, love in high definition, as we've been going over the past. This is the third Sunday. Heard from Bruce and then John and then now me. Um, And today we're going to look at um, one of the most important ingredients that you find in the scripture for love. And, um, you know, ingredients are really important. Have you guys ever had like a really good meal and you're like, man, what is in that? And it's usually butter or bacon, just so you know. It's usually butter or bacon that you're tasting. But, you know, you just got to know, what is that ingredient? It really makes a difference, you know? And, um, you know, McDonald's has their special sauce, and Jack in the Box has their secret sauce, and um, um, KFC actually has their recipe. What are they, 11 herbs and spices? Or is it 12? I think it's 11. And they're under lock and key somewhere, and only a few people in the world know, it, you know, what that recipe is. And so we're going to watch a clip here in a minute, and this is a clip from Seinfeld where there's this soup Nazi. and He has created these amazing soups with these amazing recipes, and they're so good that people are willing to take abuse from him to get their soup until his recipes are found out. So let's watch it. Go on. Leave. Get out. But I didn't do anything. Next. Hello. You? You think you can get soup? Please, you're wasting everyone's time. I don't want soup. I can make my own soup. Five cups, chopped porcini mushrooms, half a cup of olive oil, three pounds of celery. This is my recipe for a wild mushroom. Yeah, that's right. I got them all. Cold cucumber, corn and crab chowder, mulligatawny. Mulligatawny. You're through, soup Nazi. (laughs) No more soup for you. (laughs) (laughs) So it's a humorous way. And and today, guys, after this message, you too can make soup. At least in regards to loving one another. All right. I'm going to give you the secret ingredient. We'll talk about that later. But before we get into that. What I'd like to look at is the next verse in the passage in 1 Corinthians 13, and that is 1 Corinthians 13, 4. It says, love does not boast, it is not arrogant. All right, love does not boast, it is not arrogant. Relationships really thrive and grow in an atmosphere of love, and boasting and arrogance will really block that flow. All right, Uh, boasting essentially is just it pollutes the atmosphere. It's to praise oneself excessively. Have you guys ever been in a um, conversation with someone like at lunch and they're just talking about everything they're doing and it's just great and this and that and this and that, and they never once take a breath to even ask you, how are things going on with you? Is that refreshing? I mean, I guess if you're really interested in what they're doing, it is. But if you're not, it's just like, oh, when's this lunch going to be over? You know? It makes you not really want to hang out with those people. Um, let's watch. We're going to watch a clip here. This is from Saturday Night Live. It's a Kristen Wiig clip, and she's going to help um, idealize this notion of having to always one-up each other and be and boast. So let's watch it. Hi, I'm Lisa. You must be Penelope. You just moved in, right? Yeah, I just moved in, so I'm probably the newest tenant here. Oh, well, uh, we met them at the Moss class six months ago. I've known them for like seven years. So, just a little bit longer. Just known them for a really long time. So, longer. Just better friends. So, just longer than you guys. I just want to let everyone know that I'm finally going to take that trip to Italy. Yeah, I'm going to Italy too. So, fly first class <laughs> or something. Yeah, I'm going to, I'll be there for two months. I go for so. four months. So, <laughs> twice as long. i going to, so a little longer. I can't even tell you just had a baby. You, you look great. Oh, thank you. I lost the first 15 pounds pretty easily, and my doctor said. I just lost like 20 pounds. <laughs> 20, like 25 pounds. Just uh, like a little over 20. Um, uh, let's see. I was the youngest player in NBA history to score 1,000 points in one season. I was the youngest player on the NBA too. So. <laughs> I was 11 and a half, and I scored 10,000 points in one game. So. You, can do you guys get the idea. She didn't score 10,000 points. (laughs) Um, You know, this woman will live alone, right, if she was real. (laughs) Um, And, you know, this is fun. These are fun examples of this. And, you know, people don't really act this way. But sometimes we act this way on a much smaller level. And it really does pollute the atmosphere. Um, It's not special sauce like McDonald's. It's spoiled sauce really spoils the atmosphere. Now, the other side of that is arrogance. Um, Arrogance really is this idea of making yourself to be inflated, okay? It makes your view of yourself bigger. Have you ever used that little uh, photo booth app on your phone? You can like swirl your pictures or make your head big or put two heads together and it's kind of like that, you know? And Or if you've gone to a carnival place and they have those mirrors, you know, it really distorts your image. And what happens is, is if you're in a conversation with someone and you're working on a problem together and and all your and, you know, let's say you're trying to solve a problem in your family and your ideas are the only one that you're really willing to consider. You know, nobody's going to want to work with you. It's going to really mess up the environment. Now, and you're not going to be able to see the most important things in relationship. Okay, when I was a diver, this is an example of this. When I was in high school, I was a diver, okay? Um, I, uh, well, my sophomore year, okay, I was going to qualify for state. It came to the very last meet, and the way you qualify for state was individually your score for any given meet. And um, not too many sophomores went to state unless they're really good, so that was me. And, uh, and so I'd had this really good meet where the six, I think there's six dives or seven dives. We'll just say there's seven, six out of the seven dives I had nailed. All I had to do was score a one out of 10, you know, and the judges just had to give me a one on the next dive and I was in and my whole team knew it, the swim team. And so I get up there to do the dive and I'm thinking, I'm already in my head thinking, man, when I come out of the water, it's going to be cheering the way home on the bus, going to be a lot of attaboys. You know, tomorrow and second period in that little, like, high school news show they have, they're going to talk about me. And it was going to be awesome, you know. So I get up there and I do the dive. And it was a one and a half with a full twist and free position. And I failed the rotation. I didn't fully make the rotation. And I went in the water and I knew it. I knew it had only gotten three quarters of the way around, which meant I went in sideways. And they, I knew they were going to fail it. They were going to give me a zero because I didn't complete the dive. And I just went down to the bottom of the pool and I just kind of stood there for a minute. And I didn't want to come out to reality, you know. And I came out and there was silence. And the bus ride was long. And they didn't talk about me on the news. And uh, my head had gotten so big, I couldn't see to do something I'd done a million times in practice. And it's the same thing in relationships. Our heads can get so inflated and Our pride can get so big that we can't see the most important things in relating to people. So arrogance really is a block to this. Um, In reality, boasting and arrogance are really a cover-up for insecurity, however, though. Um, And this is really me. Um, Often it's an insecurity that causes people to brag, boast, and exaggerate, okay? Um, You know, I was born with this eye disease, a congenital nystagmus, and it causes me to not be very good at sports that involve balls, Throwing balls, catching balls, kicking balls. So anything about the basketball or smaller. Um, But I still really enjoy doing those things. I still really enjoy being involved with that. And so I still would put myself in these positions to be really bad at it. And um, which was, I don't know why I would do that to myself. But So anytime I found anything I could do that was remotely decent, I really had to make sure everybody knew about it. And To the point that when my wife first met me, uh, and we met on the CBU campus. It was CBC then. And um, there was this fountain, and there was a group of us all there who were meeting. And some guy had some rollerblades. Anybody remember rollerblades? And they were cool for a while. And uh, I was, tried them on for the very first time. And I was doing some tricks and jumping on this thing, doing a 360. And See, I'm still bragging about it. And uh, And I was, like, letting everybody know there. Man, look at this. I've never done this before. And my wife, she still talks about it like her first impression of me was like, who is this guy? Just bragging all the time and making just he's so cool, you know, like, and so luckily she gave me a second impression. And a third and a tenth and a twentieth. And, um, and thankfully, you know, we were able to get married. But I can identify with that. There's an insecurity and I want to make myself appear bigger. Because women, to guys, competency to be competent at something is very important for us. We need to be competent. We need to be good at something, and we need everybody to know it and everybody to tell us. So we're going to, this is going to be a struggle to be humble. So humble really is, humility really is the Bible's secret ingredient for love. And we're going to really look at what humility is. Okay, have you ever seen, like, in humility I think is one of the most um, misunderstood traits character traits in our society it's definitely not something that we value as a society you know you, you know how they have the little conversation hearts like be mine i love you they don't have like humble pie you know or there's no anniversary card that says i love you i will love you for always and i will show it to you by being humble you know you don't see that um, and i think the reason is is it's it's misunderstood you know um, we value it you know like oh that person's humble like that's a great thing to say but what does that really mean Sometimes they're just shy. (laughs) And so let's talk about what humility is not first. Humility is not being timid, shy, or bashful. It's not being weak or a spineless wimp. It's not having a lack of confidence or insecurity. It's definitely not having a low opinion of yourself. Jesus was one of the most humble, or he was the most humble person that ever lived. And he did not have a low opinion of himself. He knew who he was. Humility is not being a passive doormat. It doesn't mean just because you're deferring to someone else's way, it doesn't mean that you're just a doormat and you take abuse. It's not what it is. It's not having a low self-esteem. It's not constantly putting yourself down saying, oh, I stink, oh, I stink, oh, I'm really humble. I let everybody know I stink at this. You know, Jesus never said he was bad at something. He never put himself down, but yet he was the most humble person. And next week we're going to learn a little more about how priceless we are to Jesus. In fact, real humility, the true definition of humility, requires great amounts of courage. And the reason it does is because if you really think about it, you are risking being dishonored. You're risking being ripped off. You are risking... Your self-worth. Self-worth being challenged. And so if we choose humility, um, it's pretty scary. So you really have to make sure that is nailed down. And Jesus can do that for you. You can really find your self-worth in Jesus. And he can really help you with that. Um, You know, matter of fact, like, you'll see as we define this more, like, when I choose to be humble, You know, I cannot, I'll just be honest with you, I cannot choose humility if I think I'm just going to get ripped off. I just can't do it. I'm not that good of a person. I need to believe that God is going to take care of me. And He promises to. And so we'll talk about that. Um, Humility essentially is this. It's a voluntary attitude of deference that yields the right of way To others out of respect or esteem. It's the polar opposite of boasting and arrogance. It really is a secret ingredient. Um, We need to humble ourselves before God and others. Because if we don't, what you find is that God will humble us. We are going to be humbled We just get a say in the matter. Are we going to do it ourselves? Or are we going to let God and others do it? It's interesting. If you look at the scriptures, you'll never see in there saying, even though this happens to you, you'll never see a passage saying, humble your neighbor. But you'll see humble yourselves. So it's really important to choose this. It really means that I take a lower mental position toward others. I treat them as more important. I know they aren't more important. I need to be confident that God is going to take care of me. I need to understand that God views us all as the same. But I choose in that moment of that interaction, I choose that they are more important. And this really, God can really bless us. As a matter of fact, in the Bible, it it really talks about, if you look at, if you really research this, it shows you that God almost blesses this more than any other thing. The only other thing he probably blesses more than this is the act of generosity. He really blesses generosity. So choosing humility can really open the floodgates of blessing in your life and in your relationship. So let's look at some of those blessings. It's on your listening guide, and it'll be on the PowerPoint too. Is The first one is guidance for decisions. If you choose humility, you'll be far more apt to get guidance for decisions. And believe me, we all know we need that. If you think that you know better, God's going to go ahead and let you figure it out for yourself. Other people are going to go ahead and let you figure it out for yourself. If you think you know better. Have you ever tried to talk to somebody that's like, I got this. It's like, all right. You get it. So it's hard to, you know, I think the only person we actually ever intervene in that kind of situation is our children. I got this, Dad. No, you don't. You're not running in the highway. <laughs> um, in re, you know in relationships. Um, oh wait, never mind. Sorry, I got off my notes there for a second. But another one is is grace. Um, grace is God really is gracious to the humble, and He will help them. And your family and friends will be more gracious to you too if you choose humility. Think about a conversation you had with someone who's just like this SNL skit or someone who's just constantly boasting and bragging. Okay? They're arrogant. You almost want them to fail, don't you? You almost, you kind of hate that about yourself, but secretly we kind of want them to fall. We want to kind of chop them down the size a little bit because we're so tired of the arrogance. It's like, come on. So... When that person does fail, we're not as apt to be so gracious to come in and help them because we kind of want it. (laughs) But when someone is humble and they need help or they fall, it's so much easier to to act towards graciousness towards them, isn't it? You want to get on their team. Another one, another benefit is um, exaltation. God promises to exalt the humble in due time. That's the key word there. Key three words. In due time. And that really is a faith step in waiting in due time. But God promises. um, Humility waits until God exalts. It doesn't run out and exalt itself. Um, When we exalt ourselves, it's basically an unstable platform. It's kind of like, you know those exercise balls that people used to do exercises on? those balance balls or whatever they are, it's kind of like trying to stand up on one of those. You know, you're like, oh, I got it, you know. And, you know, it's a really good core exercise. But once one muscle group fails or the wind blows or someone kicks it, you know, you're going down. That's, that's the platform you stand on when you exalt yourself. But when God exalts you, it's a nice concrete reinforced with steel platform that you stand on, that he has provided. And so we want to wait on that. Honor is another one. It's a natural thing, especially, well, I think it's for everybody. I can only speak because I'm a guy. But it's a natural thing to want to be honored. And sometimes it's a natural thing to demand it. But we've got to be careful in this. It doesn't mean that we should be a doormat for dishonor. It just means that we don't go forward demanding it. It's kind of like this. It's like getting a gift that you demanded. Does the gift really mean anything? Like my kids bought me some stuff for Father's Day this morning, and, and it was really great. I opened it up. They spent their own money. They took their own initiative, never talked to them about it. and It was great. It was, it was honoring. But if I would have said, all right, guys, have you gotten me a gift yet? No, Dad, you better. You better get me a gift. I want it at my breakfast table before I go to church on Sunday. And then I open it, and we all pretend that they gave me a gift to honor me. It's pretense. They didn't, they're they not really honoring me. They're just forcing. They're just complying with me, so I'll shut up. So you don't want to do that. As you can see, humility isn't just a nice virtue to aspire to. It's crucial for experiencing God's um, blessing and experiencing the type of relationships that God wants us to have. And ultimately, the type of life that God wants us to have. See, it's God really is giving us a better way. I mean, this is rich stuff, guys. We've just spent three weeks on like very short passages in Scripture, and this is rich stuff. This whole love and high definition—it really is being highly defined, huh? Um, Have you ever related to someone though who is humble? It's really refreshing. You know, you walk away thinking, "Man, that was that was fun. That was refreshing. I want to get on their team." And um, it, this really has an opportunity to impact our relationships. So humility opens a door um, to a loving attitudes and actions. And I want to talk about this with this verse, First Peter five five. Likewise, and I really want you guys to hear this. Likewise. You who are younger, be subject to the elders. Clothe yourselves, all of you, with a humility toward one another. For God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. There's two main points I want to bring out of this. First is the idea of clothing yourself in humility. If you really look at that and what that means, is it's it's this idea of like we have to put on Humility—it's not something that comes natural. You know, my right hand doesn't automatically know how to be humble. It's not a matter of me just using my hand. It's kind of like this—it's like putting on an apron if you're gonna bake a cake or something. I make a cake. Um, It's like putting on an apron to to get to work. You know, like I worked on my car over the past couple weeks, so it's like putting on those gloves even though I probably need an apron. I get really dirty working on cars, just from taking off the tire. I think I hug it or something. (laughs) It's really bad. Um, So when you put on those clothes, it's saying, all right, I'm ready to work. I'm ready to get down. I'm ready to get dirty, and I'm ready to do whatever it takes to get this job done. That's the idea of humility. You have to put it on like that. So realize that. Realize this isn't just like, after today, humility is just going to flow out of me because I made that choice. It's going to be something you're going to have to put on in every instance, just like you put on that, those gloves or that apron. Um, and then the other portion of the scripture I want to bring out, and this is probably the most important reason uh, uh, we need to practice humility. One is is it does help our relationships. And it is our way of showing love, and we actually really want to show love on a certain level. We fight with ourselves on that, but we do want to show love. Um, but this is a word that God opposes the proud, and the word in the scripture "oppose" literally means to battle against. And it's kind of like this: if you choose, if you do not choose humility, and you choose pride. You choose boasting and arrogance. It's kind of like you decided to go ahead and get in the boxing ring. And you look across the corner and your opponent is God. And it's just not a good idea. You're not going to win. It's dangerous. So we need to pay attention to that. However, when we choose humility, as the scripture says, we get grace from God. And this grace is displayed through favor and blessing. Um, And so we we want to get off. This is what you guys need to do. You need to get off the slippery slope of self-promotion. And it's really hard to do that for a variety of different reasons. And, in fact, the grace of God actually frees us to truly love with humility. So what are the common experiences and scenarios that you may face this week? To really show humility is, let's say one, you might be at Costco or Lowe's, or not Lowe's, but Sam's Club. You might be at Lowe's, too. So. And there's one sample left on the little sample cart, and there's three of you. You know, what are you going to do? Let's say you're in line at Vaughn's, and there's a huge line because it's midnight. And then the, the clerk's like, land four is open, you know, and. What are you all going to do? Are you going to run up there first or are you going to let others go? And those are kind of silly, unimportant things to think about. But that really is where this is lived out. And let's think about it more for your own personal life. What if there's dishes piling up in the sink? Are you just going to be frustrated that nobody has done them? Or are you just going to get in there and do them? What if somebody's offended you? Or what if you've offended somebody and you knew it was wrong? Are you going to, like, just ignore it and act prideful and pretend that it didn't happen and damage the relationship? Or are you going to actually humble yourself and go admit it and seek forgiveness? Um, This is the key thing. Humility really asks this question. How can I serve? While arrogance and boasting asks, who will serve me? So my question to you, do you want to be a person who's served? Or do you want to be a person who serves? And you really need to answer that before yourself and God. Um, I want to spend some time and some personal reflection on this today. Because this is important. This really is a crucial um, Attribute to aspire to? You know, we here at OCC have um, the crucial hard attitudes. If you've been around a while, you've learned these. And the first one is to put the goals and interests of others above my own. And that really is um, what we're talking about. That's humility. And I really want to give you an opportunity to think about this. So I'm going to invite um, Cody back up and the band back up and get the, have the ushers go ahead and get ready. And I want you to be open up your uh, – take out your connection card and finish filling that out. Um, on the back, you'll see a couple next steps and the first one, and I really want you to think about doing this one. The best way to really grow, to start to grow in humility is a few different things. One is, is you, you can read in the scripture about it and see how Jesus lived it out. And, um, Philippians two really, um, kind of, you know, unpacks that and lays that out for you about how Jesus was humble and, um. You can really look at that. And then also you can memorize 1 Peter 5.5, 5, which is the verse that we just went through. I really think about that. I want you guys to, um, the best way for you to really start working on this is to find somebody to help and serve. That really is the best place to start. But here's what I want you to think about right now in this time of reflection. I want you to take some time and I want you to ask God to show you if you've let pride and arrogance Creep into any relationship you have. All right? And then I want you to confess that pride to God and ask him to help you to love as he's loved and to put the interest of others above your own. So I want you to ask God to show you if you've let arrogance or pride and boasting creep into a relationship, confess it and ask God to help you. So I'll give you a moment to think through that as Cody plays, and then I'll pray and then we'll move on with our service. just come to you and ask for your help in this, God. It is not natural for us to risk being ripped off to choose humility. Um, It comes from your spirit within us, Lord. So, Lord, we just ask for your strength and your faith in us to help us to live this out, to trust you that you will give us grace will exalt us, that you will honor us, and you will take care of us as we put others first, Lord. It is hard, Lord, but Lord, I believe your word that you really do provide a great way to live life this is lived out. Lord, a relationship where both parties are practicing and clothing themselves with humility is a relationship that I want to be a part of. What a refreshing place to be. And Lord, we all know how difficult relationships that are full of boasting and arrogance are. They're not refreshing. They're filled with conflict. They're tiresome. So help us, God. Help us to fight against our nature. Help us to trust you with this. Thank you for your the richness of your word, Lord. Thank you for how deep, truthful and how much it really applies to real life.